0: Wow! what do you know, it's time for the Pocket Knife Show. Hey, it's Mike on the mic again for another episode of the Pocket Knife Podcast. Questions have a way of getting conversations started, don't they? I read Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards a couple months ago. One of the chapters in her book talks about sparking conversation through great questions, The questions she suggests are designed to get to know people at a deeper level. What's your story? What was the highlight of your day? What personal passion project are you working on? I've used a few of these as I've talked with adults in person and over the phone. What I've learned has been good. But what's been most fun is making up questions to ask the kids I supervise during their lunch hour at school. The first day I asked... What's a food you really like that you don't think I've tried? Some of the answers were things I've actually tried, of course. I'm pretty adventurous when it comes to delicacies, but there were things I'd never even heard of which sounded delicious. The next day, I tried to connect with them by asking, What's your favorite YouTube channel? That question told me these kids' main aim in life is to succeed at video games. By the time day three rolled around, a kid looked at me and asked, What's the weird question for today? He caught me off guard. I didn't have one ready. Since that day, I've always come prepared. You should hear what kids would do if they had four arms, or where they'd want a secret passage from their room to go. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a pastor in England, used to ask a question when people came to him for counseling. His query was much more serious than, what would you add to a chicken to make it better? Or, would you rather be a camel or a penguin? Here's what he'd ask people as they sat across the room from him. Right now, are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? How would you answer that one? Answer it for yourself. Are you a Christian? If the person in Martin Lloyd-Jones' office answered, well, I'm trying... He knew this was a person who didn't understand what it means to be a Christian at all. Here's a person who wants to be a hired hand and doesn't understand the deep security of having sonship conferred on you. Perhaps you know the story of the prodigal son. Youngest son demands his share of the inheritance, cashes in what he's given, lives it up for a time, then loses it all at the same time a famine hits the land. He finds himself slopping pigs for next to nothing. The pig's food looks tasty to him. Let me read Luke fifteen seventeen to 19 which reveals what happens next to this broke, destitute man who's alienated himself from his father. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. This is the, well, I'm trying thing Dr. Lloyd-Jones was talking about. It's an attempt to earn things from God. Salvation, provision, protection. It's not the way to get what you need from God. I know that because of the way the father responds to this speech when the son gets home. The father in the story, that is. Look at what happens next, starting with verse 20. So, He got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. The son starts his speech, ready to become a servant. The father ignores him completely. He doesn't even get to the servant part of the speech. The father wraps his arms around his boy, gets him cleaned up, and throws a party. This is a picture of how much God loves sinners and welcomes them into his family when they come to him. They don't have to earn their way. There was another brother in the parable. His story starts at verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, the servant replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. If you're grumpy about who's being let in, perhaps you're as confused about God as the prodigal was. Perhaps you're outside the kingdom if you refuse to associate with lowlifes and scumbags if you're disappointed when God lets those people in. Are you a Christian? You are if you've put your faith in Jesus. You've been welcomed by the Father even though you were alienated from him. You've been brought into the family of God, filled with the Spirit. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are loved and so You serve out of love. You don't have to clean yourself up to be embraced. You don't have to earn your spot by serving slavishly. You can celebrate God's goodness towards sinners. Because you are one. Stop trying and be. Oh no, it's that I know. We've come to the end of the show. See you next time.